quite the intro. Anybody ever use those emojis? Come on. Listen, you can be young, you can be older, but still use emojis, right? Do you know anybody that just uses too many emojis? Yes, you know those people. They might be sitting right beside you. But I'm excited. This is our last installment of the series, Emotions. Everybody say emotions. Listen, we're all emotional people, aren't we? And uh, so today, um, we've been, throughout this series, we've been talking about Christ and his emotions leading up to the cross and then after the cross. So we're at Gethsemane and on to the cross. And now today, uh, in a moment, we're going to be talking about the resurrection. Amen? But before we do that, we've been challenging you all series to maybe take a photo at church and uh, post it afterwards or post it during church and put your favorite emoji. Maybe you're going to post a scripture with it. But can you take your phone out real quick and maybe just do that? Let's see if we can. Uh, let's see here. Well, let's get over here with the. These people are getting married in a couple weeks. So let me just get in between you guys. There we go. Come on, let's give it up for the future Caleb and Elise Crowleys. So post that, have fun with that, maybe do that after church and put your favorite emoji. But I remember, um, I remember as a kid, I liked to win. Anybody like to win when you play your favorite sport? Don't you hate losing? Oh, my goodness. When I played hockey, we would go to tournaments, and we'd play all weekend, Friday, Saturday. And uh, at the end of it, if we won all of it, I was happy. If not, I went home with my head a little lower. But guess what? We had another chance. Well, it was pretty awesome. This spring, this summer, I got to go to the very last game of the year. And to me, it was one of the most special events I've ever been to, where, this, where Tampa Bay Lightning got to raise the cup in Tampa Bay for the third time. Two years in a row. I think I can do it three times. What do you think? Stammer last night. You might not even know hockey. You're like, whatever, Pastor Landon. This is secondary. Listen, they're making some noise in Florida for hockey. What do you think about that? But guess what? Tuesday night... They dropped the puck on a brand new season, and they lost the first game of the season. They are no longer Stanley Cup champions in this season. They have to start all over again. But you know what's amazing about our relationship with Jesus and what we're going to talk about today? We're going to talk about his resurrection. He won over sin and death and hell and the grave once for all. He doesn't have to go play another season. And guess what, church? We get to be invited to be part of the victory. No one's excited about that? We get to be invited to be part of the victory. We are victorious because Jesus rose from the grave. Amen? Can we stand up? We're going to read this passage of Scripture before we, when we get started here. It's a little bit, it tells you the story, if you don't know the story. Luke 24, 1 to 12. Look at this. But very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb, taking the spices they had uh, prep, uh, prepared. They found the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. 
So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. And they stood there puzzled. Two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? Come on. He is in here. He is risen from the dead. Amen. Let's bow and pray together. Lord, I pray that today you would help us hear from you. Today, Lord, we, we pray that we would lean on your word. That, we, that, Lord, we wouldn't be in a rush to leave and to go to lunch and to go do all of our other things, Lord. That we would sit here and, and allow you to speak into our hearts. In Jesus' name, in the church said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated today. Listen, just a, up, there's just a little warning for you. So if you can take some notes. Sorry we didn't get you notes today, but take some notes on your phone or somehow. There are lots of scriptures today, but we are at church. Guess what we do at church? I've heard pastors say, sorry, we were so many verses today. I'm like, that means you don't have to speak as much, which means God will speak more. So what's wrong with that? So I'm not apologizing for reading verses today, okay? But I want to talk about what we now have because of Christ's resurrection. Three days he was in the tomb. They showed up. They're like, wait, where's Jesus? We have to come. And, and it was a very quick thing where they had to bury him. So the ladies like, the ladies like, we better do our thing because Joseph and Nicodemus, who knows what they did to his body. So they're like, the women had to come in and as they usually do, fix everything. And they show up there and guess what? Jesus is not there. And then there's angels saying, hey, why are you looking among the dead for someone who's alive? He is risen. He's risen indeed. Amen? And so today I want to speak to you about why this is so important for you. So can we lean in just a little bit extra today? Because I... If you didn't hear any sermons in 2021, and you only had to hear one, this would be the one I'd want you to hear. And it's not because I'm preaching it, it's because of the scriptures I'm about to share with you. What does the resurrection of Jesus mean for me? Everybody say, for me. Number one, you can write this down. I have victory over sin and death. I have victory. You have victory over sin and death. Jesus is the ultimate victor. He defeated sin and death by living again, by being raised from the dead. You know that he raised four people from the dead. Maybe you can mention them. Lazarus was one. Guess what? He was the fourth one. You're like, well, no, didn't God raise him from the dead? Well, there's lots of scripture saying that he did it himself. He is the victor over sin and death. When Jesus rose from the grave, sin and death were defeated once and for all. And we're living life as though this has not happened yet. It happened a long time ago, church. Newsflash. 
And so today when we think about his emotions at that time, they don't say like, oh, Jesus was happy or sad or whatever. But guess what? The people all around, when they found out that Jesus was alive, guess what? They turned their, their whatever emoji, frown, upside down. And it changed everything. You know, I feel like the last few years we've been all fighting and clawing our way through life, doing our best, trying to figure it out this thing on our own, trying to win at every turn. But guess what? We were born to have a relationship with God. We were born to experience the victory of the cross and the resurrection of Jesus. And we were given this right because of his resurrection a long time ago. I don't know about you, but have you ever been stuck in the mud? Right? Yeah, maybe your truck, some of the boys at the back, they put their hands up. You better not be out here, okay, on the property. I know who you are. No, I'm just kidding. But we've all been stuck. I remember my very first car. I had a 1995 Ford Escort wagon. Ooh, yeah, you say, ooh, it had over 300,000 kilometers by the time I got it. My brother got it for free, and then I bought it from him for $965. How does that work? So I take it to the ranch where I grew up, and I'm driving through the old back roads. The first weekend, I get my wagon. It's front-wheel drive. It's really low to the ground. It was springtime, and guess what? I almost got stuck. I know how to drive. <laughs> but when I got back home, I found out something was broken. The motor mounts <laughs> were broken on my... So if you know anything about vehicles, that's not good. That's not good. It's what holds your motor inside the, the engine bay there, okay? We've all been stuck. Maybe you think... I think about sin as this mud or even a quicksand where we get in there and we're fighting and we're trying to get ourselves out guess what you can't get yourself out and by trying so hard and living oh i think i can do it i can do it on my own guess what you're going to get more stuck you're going to get further down you're going to get deeper down but guess what jesus rose from the grave so that you could have victory over where you're stuck you don't have to be stuck anymore Look at what 1 Corinthians 15, 54 to 58, look at this. It says, then when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, the scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. O oh, death, where is your sting? O oh, death, where is your sting? But where is your victory? Verse 56, for sin is the sting that results in death. And the law gives sin its power. But thank God, he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, I'm not just making this up. I got it directly from 
the word of God. You now have victory over sin and death because of Jesus. Verse 58. So, my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord. For you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Listen, church, he's not just saying you have victory, so sit back. He said, no, now is your moment to shine. Now is your moment to be enthusiastic to share the word. I wish I could tell somebody. What does the resurrection of Jesus mean for you? Number one, what? Can we read that together, the first one? I have victory over sin and death. And then number two, let's read this together. I am alive in Christ. Isn't it awesome to be alive? Woo. Galatians 2.20 says it this way. Look at this. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. I am alive in Christ. Now listen, that means we used to be dead. We're like, well, not physically, right? That we used to be on this highway to death, this highway to be away from the Lord forever. But now... We are alive in Christ. The moment that we follow him, we have life. We have not just life here, but we have eternal life. What does the resurrection of Christ give us? Gives us life and life eternally, that we're alive. Have you ever woke up in the morning like, I'm alive today? You breathe it in, you breathe that nice Florida humidity in. Say, man, it's going to be a great day. And we can do that in February and feel great about ourselves. And think about all of our brothers and sisters up north struggling in minus 20. Ephesians 2, 1 to 5 says it this way. As for you... And I referred to this a minute ago. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live. Everybody say, I used to live that way. I don't anymore. In which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and of the rulers of the kingdom of the air. That's the enemy. The spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. Verse 3. All of us also lived among them at one time. We lived. That's past tense. Isn't that great to know that you used to live that way? You lived among them at one moment, but now you don't. You gratified the cravings of your flesh and followed its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving wrath. But, everybody say but. But, because of his great love for us, God, who's rich in mercy, what? Made us alive in Christ. Isn't that amazing? 
even when we were dead in our transgressions. He did not wait for you to be perfect, Jonathan. You were made alive because you followed him, not because of something you did, Christina. It was because of what he did. He rose up from the grave and said, no, no, no. I'm not staying here. This was just but for a moment. And now he's alive, and guess what? We get to share in that. Verse 5, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgression. It is by grace you have been saved. Amen? You're alive in Christ. The third one, what does the resurrection of Jesus mean for me? Number three, I am a new creation in Christ. Everybody say new. Man, you guys just say whatever I want you to say. This is amazing. Where do we get this from? Look at the scripture in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. All of this from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Let's pause there for a moment. This is a lot to understand, even for me. Look at this. The old's gone, the new's here. And now he's saying, I've given you some ministry to do. A reconciliation. What's that mean? We're here to build some bridges, church. We're here to bring people and to show them who Jesus is. Verse 19, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sin. I'm sorry, just dropping stuff up here. Not counting people's sin against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. Let's not skip over this part. What is an ambassador? We have ambassadors that go all over the world. And they have embassies, American embassies all over the place. And they are there to represent the United States. That would be quite an honor, wouldn't it? But guess what? How much more of an honor is it that we get to represent Christ and his salvation and his resurrection from the dead. Amen. You are an ambassador. You're like, I don't know about that, Pastor Landon. I don't know if my spouse is an amb- ambassador. You should see what they did on the way to church. Or what they said. As though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. That means that we were separated from God, right? We talked about it last week. Sin separates. So God is calling us to be, one, reconciled to him and to help, be, help others be reconciled to him. That's why we have church. That's why we invite people. That's why we share the gospel. We implore you. Verse 21, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. So that in him we might become the righteousness of God. 
Isn't that amazing? I am a new creation. Does anybody like getting new things? Yeah. I like getting new things. They smell good. Right? The other stuff fades away. You get a new shirt, new shoes. It feels good, doesn't it? But guess what? All of those things waste away. But not us. Not our newness in the Lord. Galatians 3, 26 and 27. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. No one's falling asleep today, right? We're leaning in. We are new. We're clothed in Christ. But guess what? When I was studying this this week, I thought about some of things that have been said over the years at church. I'm a sinner. That's been said a lot. So I've, I've always wrestled with that as a pastor. I'm like, okay, yeah, we've, we still sin. We're not perfect. But what does the Bible say about that? And I believe that what one of the issues in the church and one of the issues in our culture is that what our identity is. There's an identity crisis all over America. Have you noticed? They, people don't even know what gender they are anymore. I'm this, I'm that. It's, there's an identity crisis. And I feel like it's partially in the church, not that one, but the one where it says, well, am I a sinner or am I a saint? Which one am I? And maybe you've had, the, anybody have had that question before, right? Which one am I? I'm new. Jesus said I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus, but I sin. How can I, how can this be? But you know what? I think part of our problem is we haven't yet fully accepted our new identity. That we are a new creation. And it is a little bit confusing. And I feel like that can pose a problem because maybe we're at that doorway of temptation and part of our identity is like, well, yeah, I'm a sinner. Okay, well then, I can just open the door. I can ask for forgiveness later. I'll just open the door and walk in to what I'm tempted. But what if we walked up to the door of temptation and said, no, no, no. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. My identity is not who I used to be. It's who he's called me to be. That I am new. I'm no longer old Landon. Old Landon went away in June of 2001. <laughs> However many years ago that was. I can't count. 20 years ago. The old one has passed away. The new one is here. And so now my identity, church, your identity, is that you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. So yes, we are not perfect. We won't be until he calls us home. 
However, we can walk in our new identity in Christ. And when we get to that doorway of, of temptation and sin, we'll say, no, no, no. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. But we're, we're still going to wrestle with that a little bit. And so I think a lot of times, maybe, maybe someone will say, well, Pastor Landon, the Bible says this scripture, Jeremiah 17, 9. Look, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? So if we read that, we're like, listen, the Bible tells us, Pastor Landon, that we're deceitful people. We're beyond cure. It's very true. However, there was a cure. His name is Jesus. He went to the cross. He rose from the grave three days later. And now, look what it says in Ezekiel, even back near Jeremiah, Ezekiel 36 26 to 27, I will give you a new heart. So yes, your old heart is deceitful. There's no cure for it. But guess what God is saying? I'm going to give you a new one. Why is no one excited about this? <laughs> you had an old heart. It was deceitful. I'm going to try one more time, David. You had an old heart. It was deceitful. There was no cure for it. But God says, I'm going to give you a new heart. Put a new spirit in you. Come on. I will remove from you a heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Verse 27. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Listen, church. You have a new life. You are a new creation in Christ. And guess what? Now you have a new heart. Amen. So yeah, you're not that old deceitful person anymore. So when you get to that door, you say, no, no, I've got a new heart. I'm a new creation. God has something different for me now. I'm part of his kingdom. Amen. Now my heart is not prone to be deceitful because I have a new one. The, and the enemy hates it. And guess what he's going to do to you? Say, oh no, remember what you did? Remember old person you? Remember old Landon? No, I don't remember him because I am new. I'm a new creation in Christ. And this is the final thought. This is the final thought. If you write it down, what does the resurrection of Jesus mean for me? Number four, I am seated with Christ. Come on. Some people are like, Pastor Landon, I'm new to church. I don't know what that means. I'm going to try to explain it the best I can. However, we're going to keep learning together. Amen? So you don't need to know all the stuff. You just need to know who came up with all the stuff and follow him. I am seated with Christ. Ephesians 2, 6 to, 6 to 10 and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. It means 
when all of this world is done, we get to be with him in heaven. We get to, and even in this world, we get to be seated with him. Amen. Look what verse 7 says, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Some churches have a problem with this word grace. I love it. That God has grace for you and me. That he's taking care of us. Verse 8, for it is by grace you have been saved through your faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork. We are God's masterpiece. Isn't that amazing that you are God's handiwork? He created you brand new. There's all sorts of different people in the room today, but guess what? All of us. are his masterpiece, his handiwork. He created to be who you are in him. Not who you used to be, because I think people get confused. No, no, this is, this is who God created me to be. This is who God created, what? No, 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 no. God created you to follow him and follow his decrees. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Isn't it amazing that we are seated with Christ? If he didn't raise up from the grave, none of this of what I'm talking about would be possible. None of us would be here in the room talking about it today. Those followers would have stayed hidden, but guess what? They didn't. They showed up in Acts 2 to an upper room and said, okay, God, you you raised, Jesus, you raised from the dead. You gave us a mission. You told us to hang out here and you give us your Holy Spirit. And they started the mission. Day one of the church, 3,000 people were added to their number. Amen? We're seated with him. We're united with him. We get to share in his victory. And just because Jesus was raised from the dead, guess what? We are too. Not just spiritually, but one day, if you do go, he'll raise you up and you'll be seated with him in the heavenly realms forever and ever and ever. Amen. Can we stand up before we go today? Can I challenge you for a moment? Amen. I want, I want to challenge you this week. If you don't do anything this week, do this. Read Philippians 3, 10 to 14 every day. Philippians, and, and we're going to read it starting today together. Is that okay? So let's turn this way. Let's look at the, let's look at the um, scripture. Philippians 3, 10 to 14. Let's read this together. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, 
so that one way or another I will experience the resurrection from the dead. I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to possess the perfection for which Christ first possessed in me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling me. Come on. Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you that you rose up. Lord, that we get to share in your victory, that you made us alive in Christ. Lord, that we are a new creation. And Lord, that we are seated with Christ in the heavenly places. Lord, I pray that today and beyond we would hear from you. Lord, that we would know our identity, that we are no longer slaves to sin. We are saints, saved by grace. And it's not because of us, it's because of what you did by raising up out of the grave in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Come on, church.